Hey everybody, welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. Welcome to this week's episode of the Advancer Belly Dance Podcast. I'm happy to have Amartya here this week to talk about the five best tips for aspiring professionals. So hey, do you want to Hello. introduce yourself Hello. real quick? Um, hi, my name is Amartya. I'm a dancer from Baltimore, Maryland on the East Coast. I'm currently based out of Abingdon. Um, I have an apparently popular blog, which I had no idea was going to blow up the way it has. Um, I've been performing and teaching for I won't say how many years because it's been a long time. But um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to to be a part of this podcast. Cool. So let's get into it. So what is your first tip for aspiring pros? So my first tip is don't be afraid to ask too many questions. Um, far too many times I've had dancers come to me and let's say, for instance, they have no idea how a restaurant gig works or how to start. And from my point of view, I'm thinking, aren't you asking your teacher or, you know, workshop instructors? And they said, you know, we try, they just try to start without asking any questions. It's almost like they have a fear of being told, oh, you're not ready or, you know, or don't ask me so many questions. And I am a firm believer in there are no such thing as stupid questions and there are no such thing as too many questions, probably because I probably asked too many myself. But um, that's probably my number one kind of tip for pros is not to be afraid to ask questions. I think it's a good point you made that some people, especially if you're first starting out dancing, you're scared to ask because you might be told it's you're not ready yet you know you might get that instead of actual helpful information yeah yeah I think that's one thing that keeps some dancers from asking I think especially among women um it's like this imposter syndrome like we're not potentially like do we know what we're doing (laughs) I think that also translates into like the dance world for sure definitely and tip number two Number two is have a mentor. Um, the person doesn't have to be a dancer. I think anyone that you trust to guide you will do. They can not only offer advice, but non-partial advice. Their goal is solely for you to succeed and to keep their eye on kind of your big picture because it's very easy to get bogged down in kind of the day-to-day little minute detail and lose track of your, what your overall goals are and what you're working towards. And how would you recommend finding a mentor? Um, I don't think there's any one way. Um, I've kind of stumbled upon a few of mine without actually purposely looking for it. Um, I, I think trust is the main thing. Look at the people that are currently around you first. Who do you trust? Who always gives you the unbiased, most honest answer? And I think that is where you should start. And you can always find new mentors along the way and have more than one at any given point in time. And also now with the advent of things like this, like Skype and online mentoring, if there's somebody who lives in another country or another state that inspires you and 
uh, right now a lot of uh, dancers and performers are offering a mentoring program. Take advantage of that. And you don't necessarily have to mesh with that person right away. You can always try out one lesson. And if it works for you, that's the person to go with. And if it doesn't, then keep, you know, keep looking. You don't have to settle on the first person that you find, or it doesn't even have to be your current teacher. Just, I think having that someone who their job is to have your back at all times is really, really helpful. I know that personally it has helped me quite a bit. So. And how often do you work with a mentor? Like, are there, like, do you check in every week or what exactly? Like, take us through something that you do with your mentor. Um, sure. Um, over the years, it has become less and less that I check in with them. Um, I think that's also part of my mentor's plan is to slowly <laughs> leave me by myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, at first, it was probably, I'd say, weekly just as I was getting started. And then eventually it's maybe every other week or once a month. If I have a big project getting ready to launch or if I have a big show or something like that coming up, I usually check in a little bit uh, more frequently. But um, yeah, it's it's. I think as you grow into your dance, it's less frequent. And I have also come to find other mentors over time, other people that I've connected with for a short period of time to really help me grasp a certain topic or um a certain area of my business and then moved on moved on from there and i know it's hard because our art is such a part of our heart and souls that it can be difficult to open up to somebody else but that's kind of what i'm saying it's important that you trust that person um so I, I I open up to to her completely. She knows everything about my dance, everything about my business, and so I know that we're coming from the same place. And I don't have to kind of give a long story or a point of reference. She knows what my goal already is and can kind of help me in that direction. And what area in your belly dancing would you say that like has helped, what's benefited the most from a mentorship? Oh, wow. I'd say all of it. Um, in terms of not being afraid to try something new in my dance or tackle a style that I've never tackled before. Um, she has always kind of pushed me, given me that extra confidence that I can do this and it is okay. Um, and also in terms of planning, I said, okay, I want to launch a blog. Okay, well, let's, let's try to come up with a plan because it sounds really easy to launch a blog, but it's not because every, you know, when it, when you're kind of have a deadline of every week coming up with content, it can become very stressful. And then it kind of takes the creativity and the fun out of it. So having even a loose plan kind of helps me out in terms of kind of keeping it manageable and not looking at the blank screen for hours, agonizing that I'm not going to have anything this week. And, you know, I like to, I like to give my readers fresh content as frequently as I can. I definitely understand your pain about the blank screen. <laughs> I think, yeah, advanced apologies to people there. listening to this podcast and list, uh, reading the newsletter. I've been like MIA. <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally get it, um, especially when life gets in the way and you can plan as much as you want, but sometimes things happen and it's just, it's nice to like be able to talk to somebody that gets you back on track for sure. Yeah. And what is tip number three? 
it's never stop learning. Um, a post that I wrote recently uh, asking, I put out a call kind of to all social media. What's the worst advice you've gotten about belly dance? And the amount of worst advice scared me. And like, it was, it, it, I had to write two posts just to take all of it up. And one of the things that came up was dancers that have once have been told that once you go pro, you can just stop taking classes, that you don't have to take any more classes. And I'm just like, wait, what? Um, you, you should always continue to hone and refine your craft. There is always something new to learn. I think of it as, now that you've gone pro, you can really get into those areas that you didn't have time, to, let's say have time, quote unquote time, to get into before. Like I've taken the opportunity, I want to learn folkloric. So let's take some dubkey classes or, you know, guazi or those types of styles that, yeah, I'm not necessarily going to go out and perform them per se, but they add dimension to the performances that I already give. Or I've never used candle tray. Let me go and find some classes and you know, learn how to use that. I think that there is always more to learn and there's always something that you can find. Even if you've you know, gone pro, I don't know of a single professional dancer personally that doesn't still take classes or workshops or private lessons or you know, something to continue to grow as an artist. I think if anything, when you turn pro, you take even like more than you did when you're first <laughs> learning, because then you're just all of a sudden interested in all these other things and like how it can help you, like you said, add dimension to your performance. And especially when you're a pro, you need to think about other things too. If you're like running your own business and you have to like start taking non-dance classes, you know, so it's an interesting bad advice <laughs> someone has yeah has I, I was some of the bad advice um I'm tackling them in, in the next few blog posts and I'm like oh I didn't know that was out there that's really bad <laughs> yeah and that's one of the other reasons why I think any any of the inform, informative websites blogs I find that it's even more important because if I can put more information out there that maybe those dancers who are afraid to ask questions but really like Google can find that information and it can keep them from getting that worst advice or making that mistake or, you know, not fully understanding a plan or whatever it is that I've posted about. To me, that makes me really happy. And I've had a few dancers say, no one's ever written this out for me before. Thank you so much. So that that alone makes me feel good and just keeps me going. That Okay. This is important. I need to keep writing. I need to keep putting these questions out there and kind of, fight, you know, helping dancers out um, so they don't make the same, you know, have the same issues that I did or other dancers out in the world have had. Yeah, for sure. And this is actually one of the reasons why I love interviewing people for this podcast or just having this podcast in general, because it's a lot of things that I wish I knew when I was you know going into being a pro dancer it's things that nobody was talking about openly at least at the time yeah and I would have loved to <laughs> have had some help in certain areas and yeah so it's good that there's more people out there that um want to bring to light some of these issues or questions that people have so they don't Definitely. make the same mistakes 
And what are some of your favorite places to take like non belly dance classes? So things that don't necessarily directly relate to like belly dancing itself, but they help you with belly dancing in general or your business. Yeah, it's funny because that's tip number four <laughs> is to take non-dance classes. Um, I like to take advantage of my local community college. Um, it's not expensive and it's all, almost always closer to where you're living. So it's not like a travel concern. And the one that's here in Hartford County where I live offers both online and in-person classes. So that way I can you know, take a few weeks of a class online and learn how to do something like graphic design or um, and um, they have a lot of business classes. They have a lot of like Photoshop classes and I'm, oh, I'm continuing and continuing to learn Photoshop. Um, I think those types of classes on marketing media, they don't have to be a paid class per se. I mean, there's lots of things, you know, spend a day watching YouTube videos and testing things out. My goal is not to become the best graphic designer out there because I think that would take me years. <laughs> um, but maybe, you know, it can save you some money in that you'll be able to make a little class flyer or, you know, something for a show and you don't have to pay someone every single time you need something or wait. And I think that's kind of what galvanized me to take non-dance classes because I was tired of waiting for someone else to do it. Anytime I needed, you know, a background taking out of a photo or anything like that, I was either paying someone or begging my significant other to do it because he's, he's in IT. So I'd be like, please edit this video for me or please, you know, take the background out of this photo. And he was just like, okay, that's it. I'm going to teach you how to do this and stop asking me to do this again. <laughs> and it's also the waiting, you know, when you're doing it yourself, granted, it is painful because it probably takes me four times longer than it does any, you know, someone with a lot more experience when that's their chosen, you know, profession. But then at least I'm a learning something new. And B, I'm not waiting maybe days or a week for someone else to do it. And I'm not saying my first flyers were gorgeous. They were very functional. They they had a, they served a purpose. And even to this day, there's some times where I'm very good at doing things for digital, like for your laptop and social media. But I still struggle with what something's going to look like when it gets printed. So those are those types of classes are next on my list, like print media and figuring out what fonts work for that and what things look really, really pretty on my screen, but are completely illegible when printed out with ink. Um, so those, I think, are also very important. And I think that's a part of your dance business, just like anything else. Um, I know a few dancers have also taken things like modeling classes or photography classes to better understand lighting and posing and all of these things add up to a better package, you know, a better media package to get more gigs, to get more restaurants, to get more classes, all those types of things. Cause that's the first thing that people see of us is our images. They don't normally, you know, come up and talk to us right away. It's all about what we have online already. Ooh. I really like the modeling class idea. I didn't think of that. That's really uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I was like, why did I do this? Yeah, snap. I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds fun, if anything. <laughs> like, it's all that opposed yeah, and, to look and pretty. things like that um, are available on, like, the Groupon app. 
um, a lot of makeup classes you'll find on Groupon where makeup artists, uh, you can either take a class with a group of people or the makeup artist, you go to their studio and they will do the makeup on you and show you how to put on foundation properly and lashes and those types of things. And so you can, you can find things that are relatively inexpensive where you're not breaking your budget in order to, you know, in order to add this skill. Um, I've done that quite a few times with makeup artists and I'm oh anytime I've ever had my makeup done, I'm like, what was that? Can I take a picture of what you used? I really liked it. And that's how I've amassed so much stuff. It's just for <laughs> taking pictures of what they were using and you know, using them as a resource. What would you recommend if I was trying to do this or trying to do that? Um, so it really it is it has helped save me a lot of time and struggle in having you know, having somebody to ask or watching an online YouTube video or things like that. We get so focused on just the dance portion of it that we get sometimes the other part of the image, the other things that go into it that may come really naturally and easily to others, but that, you know, some of us might need some extra work on. And what is tip number five? Oh, tip number five is the doozy. Um, it's don't take everything personally. It is so easy to say and so unbelievably hard to do. <laughs> As there is a lot of rejection in our line of work, more so I think than any of us want to let on that, you know, sometimes you don't get the gig and it could have to do with a myriad of things, your price, your style, or it may have absolutely nothing to do with you at all. And then, you know, at the same token, we have performances where we feel like the audience isn't paying any attention to us. They're not even looking at us up from their you know, dinner plates. And again, we have to kind of in that moment say it doesn't have anything to do with me. I, I gave it my best and that's all that I can do. And do you want to share a story of when you personally stopped taking things personally? Um. I, I do have to remind myself at times, um, but I think one of the biggest examples for me was it was pretty early, maybe the first, I don't know, five years of my career. I'm not I'm struggling with math right now, um, but I was performing from time to time at a, at a restaurant. And every time I performed there, I felt like I was doing, like I was the worst belly dancer in the world. Like I was doing the worst job ever. And, and I kept feeling like, okay, I got to do more. Next time I dance, I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to do that or this prop. And then in that moment is when I realized that it wasn't anything necessarily about me, but that the restaurant and I were not a good fit. And it wasn't that I was a bad dancer. It was just I was not the right dancer for that particular place. The way that I danced and my style just wasn't a fit for what the atmosphere and what was going on there. And once I realized that I put that into kind of a reversal where I am not trying to make them happy, they also have to make me happy. I was able to take the hurt and the, you know, the heart almost out of the situation. So every time from now on that I go into a new restaurant or a new, you know, a gig I've never done before or a venue or anything like that. I think of it as I am not only auditioning them that they are not only auditioning me, but I am auditioning them. 
And it kind of takes that like, okay, fine. You don't like me. Well, maybe I don't like, you know, maybe I don't care for you either. It was a bad night or, you know, I try to take that kind of hurtness, the hurt part out of it, that they're not looking at me because they hate my dancing. They're not looking at me because they're scared to look at me or they don't know where to look. So try to put myself in that person's shoes takes that kind of upsetness away for it for me and that's that first that one restaurant is where I kind of realized that and it's allowed me to kind of take that scenario and apply it to other things and that's not to say that I never get hurt because they're nights where I'm like I was horrible and I, they don't love me anymore and but you know I I slowly work work myself you know out of that because it's, you know, it's a part of our artistry is a part of our heart. We put our heart into it. So it is hard to not take it personally when it's not appreciated or the response is not what we would think the response should be. I think a large part of that is also letting go of the expectations, too. I think we sometimes walk into scenarios where we have certain thoughts and expectations in our head of how it's going to go. Yes. And I think just letting, learning to let go of that, I think is a good step and just not taking things to heart. And also remembering that this is supposed to be fun. Like we're not, like what we do is is art and it's beautiful and adds beauty to the world and that's great. It's not, in the grand scheme of things, we're not really like, I I mean, there's, there's a lot more like responsibility with other jobs. I would say. Yes. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. Like, I mean, we want to be with that useful in like an emergency or anything. You know? So like, we're just, we're, we're, we're artists and it's supposed to be fun on some level and it's not supposed to be that serious. Do you know what I mean? Like we take it seriously, but um, at the same time, it is supposed to just add beauty and education at best. And beyond that, like to to get upset or to take things to heart, sometimes it just doesn't serve a purpose. Very true. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So thank you so much for these five tips. And where <laughs> can people read more about your blog? And I'm looking forward to reading the rest of the the bad advice posts. But you can tell people how to find your blog. So um, my blog is on my website. It's amartiabellydance.com slash let's blog. So um, if you're not sure how to spell it, because most people aren't, it's A-M-A-R-T-I-A bellydance.com. So I, I get a lot of interesting pronunciations, as uh, as we've discussed before. I've gotten a martini. Apparently, I'm a drink. So that was really fun. Um, Of course, then I'm like, oh, maybe I should be a drink. Maybe I should come up with something. But uh, (laughs) so that's um, where that's where my blog is. I post something new every single week. It usually drops around Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I put I always cross post it to Twitter and Facebook and all those fun social media places. and I have an exciting project coming up this fall with a group of dancers. We're hoping to put on kind of like a really big show and make it about the artistry. So not not just another, you know, not just another belly dance show. So the details are still coming out slowly, but I, I decide I'll give you guys a little kind of sneak sneak of it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool, a nice big stage 
stage production. So I can't wait for all of the details to get out, but you'll be, you'll have to keep an eye out on my blog and everything for, for all the details on that. That sounds cool. Do you know what month it'll be? It will be in October. It will be in October. Okay, cool. So I'll post that also in the description for this episode so people can um, visit your website directly. Thank you so much, Amartya, for joining us this week. Really helpful. Thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. And thank you guys for listening. And until next week. Bye.